0: Heavenly
1: Father, I thank you for this morning, God. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, right now, I ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord. Lord, let us, be, let, us, let us seek you for the next few minutes. God, let us know more of you. Right now, I, right now, Lord, open our hearts to your word, God. God, use me as a vessel. Use me as a mouthpiece this morning, God, for this to be a word in season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. All right, all right, all right. Please take a seat. Um, We had to bring some weapons with us because the last time I preached, somebody tried to rush the stage. Um, And so just know this time I'm ready. I've been training and preparing for this moment. Um, um, First off, I'd like to just thank Pastor Michael and... uh, michael and lisa for inviting me here it's been a long time since i've been here but i've always held el cajon campus near and dear to my heart uh you have two of the greatest campus pastors that care and let's honor them for a second they truly care for people um we used to live right down the road it's like a five minute drive and then we moved to escondido and I found out this morning, it's a much larger, longer drive than five, five minutes. Um, so I want to tell you guys about myself, if that's okay. I want to tell you guys, I want to preach from experience. I want to preach from my mistakes. I want to preach from the things I'm working on. I believe that until we check out, until we go glory to glory, until we arrive in heaven, we're going to be working on ourselves. Is that okay? I believe that sometimes Christians, we stop working on ourselves. We feel like we've arrived. You know, and uh, and I'm in the same way. There's been points where I was like, God, we came this far, God. Like, I'm good now. Like, I you, I don't need to listen anymore. Like, I know you're speaking to me, but like, I'm good. I've made it out of whatever situation, seasons I've been in. Like, but now we're okay. I don't really need you anymore. Like, just come along as a tourist. I don't even need a side seat driver. Like, just hop in the back seat and watch me work. I'm gonna be real. Pastor Mike told me after the last, sur- last service, just be myself and be real. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I need to honor my wife. Um, and the reason being is I know a lot of pe- preachers and pastors, they get up here and they honor their wives. And, but I'm going to tell you guys that um, 10 years, four months, and 11 days ago, wow. my wife is the first woman or first person in that matter to say I had value. Wow. Wow. I was somebody that used to run around downtown, get blackout drunk. Uh, I was a track star when I drank, and so I would literally run, and she would have to catch me. Um, true story. Uh, but she's the first person to say, like, yo, God's hand's on you. And so there would be no CEO, pastor, business owner, any of, that, any of those things without my wife speaking life into me. So thank you, babe. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you guys about being pruned in vineyards. And that guy right there has been in my vineyard right there. What's up, dude? (laughs) This is great, man. I brought some of your tools. I'll take them back, I promise. (laughs) So, Gloria and I bought a home in Escondido. Uh, Like I said, you can call me the Fresh Prince of Escondido. Uh, We started from the bottom, now we're here. But the problem is, just like Will Smith and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, we moved to this new location and this new life, and it looks different than it used to. Right, right. Like, I don't know which fork to use. Right. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. It's, it's unacceptable to wear a backwards-fitted cap into some places. You know what I mean? Like, it's a new environment. Okay? And so we bought the house because there was a vineyard. Okay? 1,200 vines. It's beautiful. And then it looks like our house is in a magazine. So the vineyard, pictures of the vineyard, it's great. I'm thinking it's going to stay that way. Because they only real estate agents only take pictures when it's like in full bloom and it's, it looks amazing, okay? So we buy this vineyard and I'm one day I walk I'm walking by I'm outside and I'm like man, these grapes they're ugly. And it happened like kind of overnight, like just it was almost like poof they're dead. And I'm looking around like uh somebody help me. I'm like well, maybe it's because the water's off and you know I don't really know anything about grapes or pruning grapes or anything. And so I'm just gonna take you guys on a little journey. Okay, about grapes and pruning and how pruning in the Christian world is terrible. Okay, being pruned by God at times is terrible. Being pruned by people you love at times is terrible. But pruning is the greatest way to spiritual breakthrough and abundance in the kingdom. And so the title of my message is Vineron Shears. Vineron. sorry, I had to use Jake Shudi to tell me how to even pronounce the word. A vineron is someone who sells grapes, has a vineyard, sells grapes, all those things. Okay. And so we are, that would be my qualification now, even though like I'm the dude right now, you would call me a poser. Like I'm the guy that shows up to the golf course with all brand new Nike gear and don't even know what iron to use. That's like the status I'm in right now owning a vineyard. Like I don't know anything about it. And so... I have to figure out like, okay, God, why why are you like, this doesn't look the way it's supposed to. What's the deal? And then I start having people come over and I have a lady, a botanist from San Marcos State comes over and she's like, oh, well, the reason why your grapes look like this is because they've never been pruned correctly. And what that means to you is some of your lives look that way because you've never been pruned correctly. So I'm gonna talk about it. My life was a hot mess growing up because I was never pruned correctly. So I'm gonna talk a lot about myself to help you unlock your, your breakthrough, because it would, be, it, would, it would behoove you to not walk down the same path that I have. If I can stop one young man in here from doing any of the bonehead things I did as a young man, this message will be worth it. So point number one, point number one is pruning is not punishment, it's a reward. Jeff, how could something being cut out of my life be a reward? That makes no sense. I'm going to tell you why. John 15, 1 through 8, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Or every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that I'll be even more fruitful. Say, more fruitful. fruitful. Come on, wake up, more fruitful. fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Say, remain. Remain. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Say, much fruit. Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branches that will be thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into fire and burned. If you remain in me the, and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Okay. If God is pruning you, it's because he wants you to have more fruit. He's not. He, and I'm going to tell you what pruning looks like. Okay. Some people in this room are crying over relationships that ended. The relationship ended because God knew that in order for you to go where he wanted you to go, that relationship needed to end. You're crying over something that was inhibiting you from going where God wanted you to go. Some people, it's business deals. Oh, we had this business deal, my business partner, and it didn't work out. It's because God is pruning you. God is pruning you. See, I, I love Christians, but I hate Christianese. Like, I, it doesn't work for me. Like I am pastor, real talk, okay? Like <laughs> Christianese does not flow through me. I'm like, no, okay? People are always preaching, God use me. God use me. They're depressed because God won't use them. Instead of using that language, say, God prune me. Because if you're prunable, you're usable. You're only usable if he can start cutting off some dysfunction from your life. The problem is with pruning though, Sometimes God prunes things that look fruitful to the naked eye or to, to people that are outside the kingdom. Like those dysfunctions are fruitful. So God will cut things off that to you and I look fruitful. There's been several business deals in the Patriot group, in my, in my company that I was like, yo, this is my moment. Mm -hmm. And God was like, you're going to go broke if you do that. That's pruning. But we don't, we, we have a hard time as Christians to understand pruning because it comes with pain. Three years ago, I was like 300 and I think the heaviest I got was like 305 pounds. That's big. And my wife comes to me and she's like, you can tell that something's going on when your wife starts making comments like, hey, big fella, hey, big guy. When are you going to go to the gym? I know she ain't been to the gym in a while. Like getting healthy was painful. But the, the other option is like my dad had his first heart attack at the age I am right now. That's the other option. There's pain either way. There's pain from pruning and there's pain from staying the same. Which pain you want? If somebody has gangrene, I'm not a medical professional, but if you have gangrene, I would go to the doctor. Um, If someone has gangrene, they cut off that body part. That's the same thing with grapes. We cut off the, the part that's diseased. God is trying to cut off the things that are diseased in your life. What do those things look like? What's diseased in my life? Wow. I'm gonna tell you. God is not a God of chaos and disorder. That's right. That's so anything in your life that is chaotic, out of control, dis- and, and disorder, God is trying to get rid of. Wow. 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 You know, there's, there's times for pruning. I learned that, obviously, right. recently, thanks to you. <laughs> like, you, don't, you, you have to be careful when you start pruning, when you start cutting things out. Because the problem is people, people start pruning too soon. Like I'm not, listen, check this out. If your relationship is dysfunctional right now, I am not telling you to go get a divorce. I'm just, I'm going to make that very clear. That is a public service announcement. I am not telling you to go get a divorce because God is for marriage. I'm telling you that we need to cut out the way it's operating. There's a difference. I'm not saying you to leave your wife. I'm saying to fix it. Is that clear? Just so you, I don't want to, I don't, I don't need a phone call. Hey, Pastor Jeff told me to leave my wife or husband. I don't need that call. I just want to make that very clear. I don't need that call. Point number two is pruning enhances spiritual growth. Pruning removes everything that inhibits us from our spiritual growth. For some reason, Christians seem to think that spiritual pruning is not, is not painful. That's a lie. Anything worth having is worth working for. A great marriage is worth working for. Being a great father, mother, mother, cousin, brother, having great relationships are worth working for. That's right. Freedom from pain and suffering is a promise on Christians' future. Say future. future. That means that in future glorification, when we get to heaven, there will be no pain, no suffering. But right now, we're going to have to walk through it. Wow. Right now, we're going to have to have hard conversations. Right now, we're going to have to deal with dysfunctions on this side of heaven. We are all working through present sanctification. What does sanctification mean, Jake? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Sanctification basically in a nutshell means we're trying to be more like God. (laughs) Jake is normally my Google translator. That is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. So when I'm talking to him sometimes, I just take notes on my phone. I'm not texting. I'm taking notes to Google stuff later. Like, what did he mean by that? Like, what did he mean by this? Like, what did he mean by that? If you can take them out to lunch or get him a coffee and just pick his brain, I would tell you to do it. What does pruning look like in the spiritual growth? We have to cut off every bad habit, every attitude, thoughts, and mental issues. I don't call them mental disabilities. I call them mental issues because some of the mental issues we walk through are just our own head. Hey, I'm better than my dad was. Hey, I'm better than my mom was. Hey, this is the way, some of that means, oh, this is how I've always been. This is how I'm always gonna be. What if God doesn't want you to be that way? I'm here to tell you that God doesn't want you that way. Spiritual growth is why we're being pruned. Spiritual growth is why your family is gonna be blessed. Spiritual growth is why we're here in this room. We're in this room because we're not here to play church. We're not here to placate. We're here to have spiritual breakthrough. Pruning changes who we are. I'll give you an example. When I first got saved, and obviously Glory was done chasing me downtown at three o'clock in the morning, um, my life changed. Like I stopped drinking. I'm not an alcoholic, but I stopped drinking because I don't like who I am when I start drinking. And so what happens when that happens? I'm no longer Jeff, the fun guy. And so what happens? All my friends leave. Cause that's the first thing that happens in spiritual pruning is you're going to start seeing relationships disappear. But we don't want to talk about that because that's my homie. We don't want to talk about that because that's my kinfolk. That's the person I was raised with. That's like we're in the same clique. We, we vibe. First people, I was, I was in a basketball league at the time. I would like make a basket and they'd be like, on Tuesday, every, like every time. I was like trying to become a better dude. My friends would make fun of me, or what I thought were friends. But a friend will help you be pruned. The problem is in America, in, in, our, in our modern culture, we think that our friends are just supposed to cheer on as we are disrespectful to our wives. We're supposed to cheer on as we live in dysfunction. No, a real friend will call you to the carpet and be like, hey, big fella, like my wife. <laughs> we ain't doing that no more. Like, hey, I noticed that when we, were, when we were on that double date and you, you were disrespectful to your wife. I noticed when we were on that double date, uh, you know what I mean? You were, you were, every time a girl walked by, you were... And I, I'm talking about it because, like, my wife has called me on that before. Right. Early on, she's like, why are you look at everyone that walks by? Because uh, I have a lust issue. I didn't say that at the time because I didn't know. But I was like, yeah, it's, no, it's because I have a lust issue. Like, it, it's, it's those real friends that, like, tell me what's up. Right. Yep. It's those real friends that, like, hey, Jeff, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> Yeah, but th- this, these are those friends right here. These are those friends that like kind of just hand around it. Like, oh, dude, that really is not okay. That, that's these friends that just kind of let you just, they want you to be better, but they're not really like, they're just like, this doesn't do much damage. See, I need some friends that are like, Jeff, we're going to cut that off. Like, Jeff, we're going to cut this off. Jeff, we're going to cut that off. Jeff, uh, mm, mm-mm. like I need to hear, like I need some friends that hear, you hear the crunch crunch. You know that's not going back together. Sorry. I'm going to I'm going to season my life and you're going to season your life where like hey, all the fake friendships are done. Like I'm only hanging out with people who can prune me. I'm only hanging out with people who make my life better. Or they want me to make their life better because I believe that God put me here on this earth to make men's lives better. Like I'm not here just for me. But the, but the pro, here's the problem. We whine a lot. We do. I don't like how you told me that I messed up. That's what you're taking from this conversation? Like, that's the thing? Like, you're whining because my, my presentation was not gift-wrapped because we live in this soft world that placates the victims. Like, I, I ain't got time for that. Like, I'm sorry that your dad didn't tell you you had dysfunction. I'm sorry that your mom didn't tell you you had dysfunction. But I believe my, uh, my assignment as a pastor and as a man in this world is to help men discover their dysfunctions. I'm not out here looking for, I'm not out here looking like, oh, mistake, mistake, mistake. I'm out here looking like, we can fix this. We, I said we, we can fix this. Oh, hey, you're having this issue, we can fix that. Oh, you're having this issue, we can fix that. Point number three is be careful who prunes you. Now, this is a tricky one. Because in the kingdom of heaven, everybody has good intentions. Everybody, everybody has good intentions. Everybody thinks they want the best for everybody else. But we live in a fallen world. And so outside of me wanting somebody's breakthrough, or me wanting to fix somebody, like there is still a pride issue and ego issue. Like what if I, what if I prune them and they or get bigger than me? What if I teach them how to preach and they preach better than me? What if I teach them how to buy a house and they buy a bigger house than me? Matthew seven sixteen through 20 says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire, say in the fire. Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. I'm gonna make an application for people who I allow to prune me. Like I'm gonna need some references. Like I'm not just gonna give anybody authority to like start cutting stuff off me. I remember when I first got saved, people I had a bunch of older men in the church, because like I was radically transformed. Like I see people that I used to know, and it's like somebody that I used to know, like it's just not the same, it's not the same. (laughs) I don't want to, like, I don't want to make twisted and hero look bad, so I can't, you know, I mean, I don't want to, David Nakin's out there somewhere. I don't want to, you know, I don't wanna, I don't want to be a Roman soldier, but there needs to like be an application for who prunes you. Like all these guys were like, oh, I want to be your spiritual father. I'm going to help disciple you. And, and at the time I should have asked like, who have you helped disciple before? Or, like where, where is, where is the fruit? Like, where is the fruit of you discipling somebody? Where is the fruit of you being a, a good enough husband to teach me how to be a husband? Because I don't really like the fruit of your relationship with your wife. But uh, out of respect, I'm going to hear you out, but, like, I'm looking for someone else. Yeah. It's the same way, like, in the vineyard at our house, like, I wouldn't let somebody in there with a the pair of shears. And if I wouldn't let somebody on my property with a pair of shears, why would I let somebody in my spiritual journey with a set of spears with no fruit? You couldn't raise a chia pet. You want me to give you 1,200 vines? Like there's, like there's a difference. And here's how, you know the pr- here's how you know you've allowed somebody to prune you that you don't want in your life. Go tell them you're done letting them speak into your life and see the response. If they get butt hurt, or I can't say that in church. If they, Okay, sorry. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. If they get offended, when you say you, you, you don't want them to speak in your life anymore, they were never there for you. They were there for the thought of helping you. Because some people are only pruning you to make themselves feel better. A lot of people who do pastoral care or, or want to do it outside the realm that we have in the church are doing it just to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yeah. Like, I'm broken, but I'm, look, look how many people I'm helping. Mm-hmm. And seeds, if we plant a seed in the ground, it replicates after its own kind. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm letting someone in pastoral care to speak over me, and I'm like, you, I'm gonna allow you to cut me. Like, I don't want the fruit of your life. Wow. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. So I'm checking fruit. If I go if I go to Sprouts or I didn't used to, but um, when I go when I used to go to Sprouts, I would like not check the bottom of the bag of fruit, and I guess like the rotten stuffs on the bottom. Um, some of these ladies in here are not laughing because their husbands sitting next to them, but y'all know what I'm talking about. But I like check the fruit at Sprouts. Some I check the fruit spiritually, whether they like it or not. You know, and and I wish. You know, my life, I I live a great life, right? I've been through a lot. Got a beautiful home, got a beautiful wife, got beautiful kids, got all these things. And so I'm thinking, like, yo, I'm good, God, like I told y'all. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't really need, you know what I mean? I don't really need you to speak into my life anymore. I really don't need to hear from you anymore. Uh, Watch what I'm doing for you. Um, Some of y'all are guilty of that. I can tell by the language. Um, My wife's had to call me out of my language several times. Look at what I did, um, which is a problem. It's a problem to think like you have lived this beautiful life or you've been transformed and it was by yourself. That's like dishonoring not only people who have helped me spiritually, but to like God, my wife, every, every single person that's ever been, that's ever pruned me correctly to say, yeah, look what I did. And so we never, we never get to a point. We're like God's going to stop pruning the willing. We never get to the point where we never get to the point where God's just like, you've arrived. Pride comes before the fall. Yep. Satan thought he had arrived. Bye. That's what happens. That's the pride issue that I, I'm currently right. chewing on. You know, a pride issue is also when you show up to church, and here's the thing I love about grapevines and all this stuff, is that if there's a ton of leaves, foliage on the tree, on the vine, there's no room for fruit. And so a lot of people have a lot of foliage on their life and there's no fruit. You can tell this by how they show up to church. Blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Mom, Mom, dad, kids, everybody feels everybody's perfectly dressed. Like Sunday best, the kids got the matching Jordans on, dad, mom, everybody, it looks this picturesque thing. And then you go in there, and you start talking to them, you're like, oh, this is a train wreck. Wow. <laughs> but it's no different than what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Right. Adam and Eve covered themselves with foliage. Because, oh, what if God's going to see my sin, but it looks healthy. Yeah. And grape trees or grape vines will look healthy if you don't know anything about them. Wow. Oh, look how green it is. Yeah, but there's no room for grapes. There's no room, room there's no room for fruit. There are like 5 people that I allow to prune me. But they've like earned that right. They've earned the right to a un- unapologetically I threw my shears down, but you know what I mean? Unapologetically here. This is <laughs> unapologetically. Cut things off me. Five people, not 400. Come on. Yeah. And every person that has a pair of shears cuts a different vine or c- cuts wow. a different wow. shoot. Eric Province's is, 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 his wife is here. I don't know if he's here, but, but Eric Province. Fr- when I first started my business, Eric and I don't even really know each other. We didn't really know each other. He's one of my dearest friends now because he'll keep it real with me. Yeah. Started the business going by a beautiful $80,000 truck. Why? We didn't really need it, but it was something like, I was like, well, if I ever have money, I'm going to go. Yeah. And so instead of working on a foundation, I go buy a truck and we're good. Like it worked out obviously, but like I'm in a parking lot of the brigantine. He's like, Hey bro, you might get offended by this. Um, but why? <laughs> right. wow. Yep. Wow. Exactly. And I'm like, Oh, this is my person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't He literally, I, this might, we might not hang anymore. We might not, but do you, do, Why? Do you want it or do you need it? Let's go. And I was like, I want to need it. <laughs> Colin Higginbottom, Tom Foster, Andre Johnson, all these men have a set of shears. Yeah. I know it's who's got your six, but yeah, we're, like there's five of them. Like you can just, right. if you see something dead, me cut it off. Yeah. Do you have those relationships in your life where you can cut it off? Mm-hmm. Or can you allow them to cut it off? And those conversations are difficult. I'm not, the, I'm not the difficult conversation guy working on that. Yeah. Like, I would rather just stay away from difficult conversations yeah. and pray to God they work themselves out. <laughs> like, I know I'm supposed to talk to that dude, but we'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. Come on, Jeff. Let's go. But there's times when people prove me, and I don't like what they've done. Yeah. I don't like what they said. Like, I don't like when somebody tells me, like, hey, bro, you're not a great husband. Like, I don't like when somebody says, hey, bro, you need to work on being a dad. Hey, I don't like when somebody says, hey, maybe you shouldn't pick up any more contracts right now. Maybe you should just work on the home front. Mm-hmm. I don't like difficult conversations. That's going to be a difficult right. conversations, so why, why, would I, right. why would I go work on that? That's not, that doesn't look fruitful. Wow. Wow. That doesn't look fruitful. Oh. After. That looks like a lot of hard work very little fruit but the hardest work always produces the best fruit the, I told you guys the botanist came to our house and said the grapes weren't pruned the right way and so they had to come in there with bigger snips Cause if they've been pruned correctly, you can use the small snips. Wow. Wow. And so the grapes are kind of just growing everywhere, wherever they want to go. Really no form, function, flow. That's how a lot of Christians live their lives. I'm just going to grow whichever way I'm going to grow. And if I face any opposition, I'm just going to go the other way. Because rivers take the path of least, of, of least resistance and so do vines. That's why they put trellises in vineyards. They put trellises in vineyards for structural integrity. So the vines will grow straight up and down. That's what being pruned means. That's what being pruned does. Being pruned allows you to not grow wide, but it allows you to grow to the full potential of who God's called you to be. You know, when, when, you, when you fully prune vines when they're fully pruned, they're very ugly. It looks apocalyptic like you drive by and you're like, man, that is some ugly bushes. (laughs) They have no form. They have no shape. They have no, it's ugly. And it looks dead. Like it looks dead. It looks like, well, why did they buy that house? Like what? They didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they, what, what would they do that for? It looks, it looks off, but that's the same way that, that people walked by Jesus on the cross. Jesus is on the cross and, and, and for they're like yo Jesus is dead he's dead the disciples are the disciples are oh, well maybe he wasn't the dude he said he was maybe uh, maybe uh, I don't I, I don't know it doesn't I guess he's not the Messiah I get I, I don't know point number four is pruning done correctly does not kill the plant but leaves a mark When you're done pruning, only the trunks and canes of a vine will remain after the great bunches have been harvested and the leaves have fallen. While the barren vine may lead you to believe that the trees or the plants are dead or hibernating, this is not the case. True vines go dormant throughout the winter months, momentarily ending all above ground growth. Let me talk about momentarily, winter months, momentarily moments. There are times in your life where you're going to go through moments where you're not going to show fruit. We as Christians are not always going to be fruitful. And that's hard for some people to understand. If there are moments like there's been winters, there's been seasons where you would look at Jeff Forbes and glory Forbes and say, oh, well, they're not, they're not fruitful. But at the same time, you know what happens when like the, 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 growth on the, on the outside goes away, here's what happens. True vines go dormant throughout the winter months momentarily, ending all above ground growth. But things are not so quiet beneath the surface. In the winter, instead of focusing on producing fruit or new leaf development, vines deposit energy into their root systems. Say root systems. Roots will grow, taking up soil nutrients to keep the vine robust over winter, while also preparing them for spring and sprouting new shoots. Every time you go through a dormant season, God is preparing you to be fruitful. Because here's the thing, we are, we are very visual people. Okay. Like human beings, we, we, we are drawn to what we see. We can hear one thing, but, it, we, but if we see something different, we're drawn to that. And so there are seasons where we look unfruitful and people may write you off when you look unfruitful, not knowing that what God is doing, what God is doing is he's taking your root system deeper. Because here's what happens: if we, if God puts too much fruit on you and your roots haven't had the time to mature and go deep enough, the tree's gonna fall over and all the fruit's gonna be dead. And then people will be walking by you like, oh well, he should have taken more time. He should have got his structure set up. He should have got this done. He should have got that done. And maybe that tree wouldn't have died. Maybe that vine wouldn't have died. I know there's been times in my life when like, I was like, is winter ever gonna end, God? Like, is it ever going to end? Am I ever going to figure all this out? Am I ever going to be able to do all things? Am I going to be able to be the CEO and, and pastor and husband and father and, and all these things? And, and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, there's seasons. And Jeff, you're out of alignment. I've been out of alignment for a while, though. Trying to be all things and do all things. And I did drop the ball. On, on a lot of areas in my life, like my health and my kids and my wife at times, and like we had to we had to have a, a pruning conversation. Wow. You know what I mean? But I mean, I'm standing here to tell you, like my wife sat me down and said, like, "Hey, I don't really like our family culture." Because I thought, being from broken, abandoned, like whatever, if I just make a ton of money. And buy a house, and my kids never have to struggle with what I want to struggle with. They never have to be doing this these things. They never have to, like, they don't have to, they'll never, they'll never feel what it feels like to be, a, like, abused. Like, I thought, like, that's enough. And so right now, like, I'm getting pruned out of that. I'm going to tell you guys, <laughs> I, um, I've been gone a few times and brought the girls home gifts. And it's amazing, uh, early on when they were just babies, like, the gifts was more important. Like, the gifts were more important. And now, like, if I bring him anything after not being home for a while or being gone, being somewhere, they're like, uh, kick the gifts, dad. Yeah. Wow. And I was convicted the other morning when my, my, my five-year-old drew a picture of just freedom, my, my wife's name is Glory and uh, my daughter's name, Freedom and Justice, and um, Justice is the youngest one. She draws a picture and it's just her, Freedom and, and Glory. And I'm like, well, where am I? She's like, you're never around. And it was like, it's my daughter. She's five. She doesn't know like that's going to like go, I got to go look at some uh, vines real quick. Oh, she has no, she has no idea. That's going to wreck me. Just like glory has no idea that like, Hey, I don't like our family culture. We need to fix it. Like that was not a fun conversation. But what Gloria was saying is, she what that wasn't an attack. We get so caught up on like, oh, well, that person's attacking me. That wasn't an attack, because she didn't say you have thrown our culture off. She said our culture is off. Yeah. Wow. But men, we get so caught up in men, and and we get caught up in like how it sounds and what it sounds like. Like who today? Who, who honestly? Who today has like been pruned wrong? Thank like you. Hands going up all over the place. Like we know it. Paul tells us to first examine ourselves because grapevines can't prune themselves. They can't. They'll just keep growing and dying and growing and dying and look really ugly. Like terrible humans. We have the ability because we have cognitive function to like examine ourselves. What do I need to cut off myself before God has to? Taking a deep dive like behind yourself without all the facade, without all, without all the foliage over us, the leaves covering us up, making us look like we're this great person. Like it is actually hard to like look at yourself and be like, hey, what's wrong with me? What do, what do I need to work on? And most of us, we know it. That's why the pruning process is so painful. It's because our, our inability to give up the things we need to give up. Because a lot of us, our sin is so embedded in us. It's become a way of life. Like that's what I did, that's what I had to do to survive. You don't understand, like I had to have this, these legal business activities, so I had to do that to survive. Or I had to, do, I had to treat my wife this way because we're just in a survival season. Or I had to do this because I'm, I'm in this season. And so now that's become who we think we are. And the difference is a lot of times Christians would, would rather be who they think they are than who God says they are. You know, and so in, in closing, I'm going to pray for two groups of people. The first one's going to be I'm going to pray for marriages. And the reason I want to pray for marriages is because like marriage is difficult. You know, TV, Hollywood, everyone pictures marriage as this this beautiful illustrious thing and it is when all when everything's clicking. But the problem is what happens when the kids come around and it's not clicking. Debt comes around and it's not clicking. And so what happens is we've allowed ourselves to become the very thing that we were trying to not become. Like I was physically abused, right, as a child. And I don't never want that for my kids. But what are they now? Because I'm not always, because I'm not investing in them. They're now being mentally abused. Like it's, it's the very thing that we refuse. The very thing we fight against is the very thing that we perpetuate. And my kids aren't mentally abused. I'm, I'm, I, they just, they need me. Because like it's not. All the gifts, all that stuff can go away. And so right now I- I'm going to pray for husband and wife. If you guys ha- have been pruned incorrectly, if you guys are in a season where you can't get it right and everything, and it feels hopeless and it feels like you, that it, it doesn't matter what you do, it's wrong. Like do you have the bravery to stand up and let the congregation pray for you. Like, do, you have, do you have enough courage to know like, I want a great marriage. I want my husband to see me. I want my husband to show me I have value. Like I know we're going into marriage. Thank you so much. I see you standing up. Like we don't need to wait till marriage retreat. Like we can do it today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Couples going up all over the place. Thank you guys for standing up. I want to tell you guys something. God puts you guys to before we pray and I'll have the congregation reach out. This is like, this is the bravest thing you guys have done. Because like, it's all, right, it's all right to not be all right. A lot of these religious churches say things like, oh, you can't tell anybody your problems. No, we're in a church like fix it. Just like, I don't have time for like somebody to beat around the bush, like fix me. You guys are put together for a reason. You guys can have fruitful marriages. No matter what mistakes have been made to this point, no matter what has happened to this point, you guys are here for a reason. You guys are gonna have strong marriages that benefit this church, strong marriages that benefit your kids. So right now, church, can we, can we reach our hands out to them? I'm, we're gonna pray over them. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you for these married couples, Lord. Lord, I thank you for everything that you're doing in their marriages, Lord. Lord, I thank you for returning them to the fairy tale honeymoon stage, God. Let them love again let them see each other again. Let them begin to have journeys and activities together, God. Let them be who you know they can be, God. God, right now, I'm, I'm, I feel like we're in a place for clear, open up clear lines of communication. Clear lines of communication, clear lines of understanding. God, let them see each other again, Lord. Lord, teach them that we are, they are one together, God, and that when they're fighting with each other, they're fighting with themselves that each one is there to benefit the other, God, that every person, every married couple standing up right now is here because you have called them to this place, God, and today is the moment. We don't need a fancy marriage retreat down the, at the weekend to start it off, we can start it off right now. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every married couple. God, I thank you that broken hearts are being healed right now. God, I thank you that restoration is happening. Even in this place, the lie of the enemy tells you this is as good as it's ever gonna be, that's a lie, I rebuke that every time it happens. You're, you can have a great marriage. You can flourish in every season. Palace or the penthouse, palace or, 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 the, or, the, or homeless. You guys, can, you guys can flourish in every
0: season. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com